Welcome to the Re-Eval brought to you by the Children's Rehabilitation Institute, Teleton USA. Hey, this is Laura. And this is Natalie. We're two therapists that work at CRIT, the Children's Rehabilitation Institute, Teleton USA. We wanted to provide the community with an outlet for their stories and resources for our families that may not have access or know how to begin. We hope that through these interviews, we can continue to serve our families and the pediatric therapy community with knowledge and education from a distance. Join us as we speak with some of our therapists, patients, and their families about their diagnosis and discuss how CRIT has helped them navigate their uni challenges. Thanks for listening. Hey friends, today on the show, we are going to be interviewing the director of recreational therapy, Brooke Matula. Um, I had the privilege of first time meeting her here when we did this interview. And honestly, I could sit here and pick her brain for days. Um, she has so much knowledge about um, what our grand mission is here for CRIT, and that's gonna be inclusion. So continuing to provide inclusion for um, the community of San Antonio, but honestly, just providing that education um, throughout so that we can have the same privileges that we have here in San Antonio in, um, in all cities of, of the United States, so. Absolutely, um, and for those that don't know what inclusion is, um, the dictionary actually defines it as the action or state of including or being included in a group or a structure. Similar, inclusion is the practice or policy providing equal access to opportunities and resources for people who might otherwise be excluded, marginalized, such as those who have a physical or mental disabilities or members of other minority groups. Um, so we do live in a really big community where there is quite a bit of unequal access, um, whether it's structurally and physically, or um, just because they use a wheelchair, people are, they, they don't have the same views. They think that we have to change things because they are in a wheelchair. And this whole idea of inclusion is to provide equal opportunity and making uh, everything the same so everyone uses it the same way and providing awesome opportunities so we can learn from one another. Yeah, we, um, we here at Crit were super fortunate to have um, this amazing organization, Morgan's Wonderland, right next door to us. So um, we are able to use that facility for treatment sessions. Um, and I know that I've said it multiple times, but when you're doing a session with a child, it just, if you're able to incorporate that play aspect, because that is our ultimate goal for them, right? I don't want you to learn how to sit to stand just to sit to stand. I want you to be able to get up out of your chair so that you can do and be as independent as possible. And um, Brooke talks a lot about that. I want to say, what is it? Universal design. Yeah. Both Natalie and Brooke enlightened me on the universal design aspect. And I feel like it's something that I would hope San Antonio and I mean, we're a very old city, so not everything as is as accessible to um, the community and so it's just something that um, maybe through this interview, who knows, we are able to reach out a little bit more and and educate the people that need to hear <laughs> in order to make those changes needed. Because I understand that it takes a lot more than just a conversation. You know, things need to get changed. So hopefully um, you feel as educated because I feel like the theme of this episode definitely was knowledge is power. And yeah, <laughs> so, so I'm super excited um, and I hope you enjoy. the re brought to you by Crit. 
So a large part of what we think any organization who works specifically with individuals with disabilities is how we can help promote inclusion for those we serve, right? So we're super lucky enough to live in a large community here in San Antonio where there are lots of opportunities for people of all ages and disabilities, but it hasn't always been this way. Um, if you actually haven't been physically to Crit, we are located right next door to one of the most popular theme parks that is actually 100% inclusivity to people of all abilities. Um, that's gonna be Morgan's Wonderland. So this park is getting worldwide recognition because of its acceptance of everyone, no matter of age and ability. Um, <clears throat> and everything in the organization is designed for everyone to use. So we thought who better to introduce Morgan's Wonderland to us than the director of therapeutic recreation, Brooke Matula. Thank you so much for coming today. We're super excited. I'm excited to meet you because I've never met you. So I'm very excited to have you today, Brooke. Welcome. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Perfect. So what is Morgan's for someone that doesn't know? So Morgan's Wonderland is a ultra accessible theme park for individuals with all abilities. And we also cater to um, barriers being cost friendly as well. So if you do have a disability of some sort, you actually get in for free. So it's not only a physical or intellectual but also a economical help and assistance um, theme park that can help individuals partake in play therapy or just play. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you think about it, if you go to like Six Flags nowadays, I think it's like $40, $60. So I can imagine on top of having to deal with all these medical expenses, you're just trying to have a good time. So it's really nice to have that expense. I, didn't, I actually didn't realize that that was part of the, um, the perks. Of, of Morgan's, that's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, you know, Fiesta, Texas, that's just parking costs. So, yeah, yeah, honestly. So, uh, you know, you start getting into the administ admin ad aspects of things, right? Getting into it, ticketing, and we also allow any food that you need to come in. Obviously, people have needs of feeding tubes or a specific diet, so you can bring in whatever food you need, and there's designated areas where you can do that. And um, there's also just a a plethora of opportunity for you to have your child be free, for instance. We kind of say that, right? If you have a child who wants to, likes to run, they can run, and there's a one-way-in, one-way-out exit and entrance. So our staff is completely equipped of being able to communicate with one another if there is a quote-unquote lost child, and then we can identify that and get mom or dad or, or guardian back to that individual. Mm -hmm. And that individual is typically pretty happy because they're not being hunted down by somebody. Yeah. <laughs> so. It's pretty yeah, fun. and I feel like um, we talked about Morgan's in a previous podcast, and it was just so eye-opening for this patient. You know, she is someone that, um, like you said, she's not necessarily free. She's usually in her wheelchair when she's moving around, and she had the best time because she was on swings, and that's like one of her favorite things to do. So um, right now, I know COVID has kind of been limiting our ability, and especially people with um, you know disabilities, to <clears throat> get out as much. They were able to go, and they felt completely safe. And they've been very, very safe this entire time. So they, yeah, they spoke super highly of y'all and, and the opportunities they have for her. So they're really excited to go back. Good, I'm glad. And yeah, we've had a couple of families that had to drive by while we were closed, unfortunately, <laughs> last year oh, that were, yeah. had to share with their child. They're closed, I promise. We're, they're going to open back up, but they're closed today. So. I think we were sad working next door and we just saw like the Ferris wheel isn't going. And yeah. we're like, man, like it just stinks all around. Yeah, yeah it was unfortunate. Um, so... A lot of people haven't been to Morgan's Wonderland. I have friends in North Carolina. I even have friends in other countries that have seen videos of Morgan's. Um, and they send it to me and they're like, have you seen this? And I'm like, I look at it every day. It's so cool. It's really eye-opening. 
Um, but a lot of people haven't gotten to see what Morgan's Wonderland looks like. So from your perspective, can you give us what a description, like when you walk in through the gates, what do you expect? Like, what do you see? Absolutely. So you walk into Morgan's Wonderland and it is something that is actually really hard to describe um, because you have, it's a feeling and it's hard to describe feelings sometimes, right? When you go, you see everything is just catered to everyone. And, you know, bullying is a real life thing and exclusion is a real life thing. And these things that we have to quote unquote deal with, right? And just trying to get through life is already challenging. And so to not be able to play, not to be able to enjoy a swing, like you said, that individual was able to use our wheelchair swing. That's, that's the, when you first go into the doors, it's, you feel it. And it's just a place where, of joy and happiness and fun and, and safety. And it's a place of comfortability and a place where you can be yourself, you know, unconditionally and unapologetically and be able to just be free almost, right? So we have four different rides. We have over 25 different attractions, all where every person of any need can participate in. And I think that's what makes us so unique. So we don't have these big roller coasters that go up and down and twist around because somebody may not be comfortable doing that. It may trigger a sensitivity. It may trigger just a, a different aspect that's a negative aspect that they don't want to deal with, right? And physically, you may have somebody who can't physically handle that because of, a, of an injury or because of a diagnosis. And so we don't believe in that. We believe in everything that we have, 100% of the population should be able to do it. And if they can't, we are very, we, we want to help that. We want to take action in that. We want to make a difference. And we don't want it to just stop at Morgan's Wonderland, which I think is what kind of you see through the doors as well, is we want it to be a community and almost a contagious aspect thing in, in San Antonio. So. Absolutely. Um, I was talking to Laura about this earlier as um, therapeutic recreation. We went to school for this. Um, I also graduated from Texas State, like Brooke did. And we talk a lot about this idea of universal design. And for those that don't know universal design, it means that it's designed so that everybody uses it the same way. And I love taking my patients over there and I was like the, the playgrounds. You, everybody goes up the ramp, a wheelchair can go up the ramp. Everybody uses it the same exact way. And yes, there's a few odds and ends off of it, but otherwise when you're going up and you're playing or the Ferris wheel, for example, there's a car, there's a, a parachute um, where the wheelchair can go right into it, right? And so everybody gets to use it regardless of ability or disability, however you want to look at it. And I think that's one of my favorite parts about Morgan's. Um, so, Morgan's has this huge backstory. I know that you guys have grown so much, but how did Morgan start? You know, that's a, that's a good loaded question. And it's my, <laughs> probably one of my favorite things to share. Um, and it's not even my story, which is a, even more funny, right? I actually grew up in San Antonio and then my dad owns a company right down the street. So I was able to see this entire quarry build up through the end of my high school and early college days and going to Texas state, coming home all the time. It was really neat to see the different stages so we opened April 10th of 2010, and a couple years prior to that, Gordon, Maggie, and Morgan were in North Carolina, and they were on a family vacation, and they were in a pool, and it was one of those situations where Gordon and Morgan were playing in the pool, having a good time, father-daughter, just hanging out, doing, doing their thing, and I honestly can't remember how old Morgan was at the time, but she does have um, a various different intellectual and developmental disabilities and she's got a rod in her back so some physical aspects of things that as well but 
being in the pool, she's, she doesn't verbalize with her words and she's very action oriented. And so her nonverbal communication is not the quote unquote norm for some people, right? So there were two little boys throwing a football in the pool and Morgan went over and just slapped it down because she wanted to play. That was her nonverbal way of communicating with these two individuals saying, hey, I wanna play, I wanna play, right? And the way I say it is completely different than seeing somebody go over and slap, slap a football down. And, but that was the way that she communicated. That was what was comfortable to her and her, and her ability level. And so Gordon saw the entire situation happen because he had gotten out of the pool. And I think, you know, the way he describes it is he just had this thought, this instant thought in his head of, man, how, like, you know, he got back in the pool so she would feel more included. And that way she wasn't, you know, by herself because all of a sudden the boys got out of the pool. No ill intent at all, but the boys got out of the pool. They kind of looked at each other like, I don't, I don't really know what's going on here, right? And Morgan just looked back at her dad and said, and just looked at him like, I don't, what did I do wrong, right? So it was complete miscommunication. No ill intent on the boys, no ill intent on Morgan, no ill intent on anybody. Absolutely. It was just a situation that happened. So Gordon, from my understanding, came back and, and said, we need a place where everyone can play. And so I, <laughs> knowing Gordon, he wanted to build this, you know, he's a, he's a, he was a home builder for many years and he had this idea of let's, let's do something where everyone can play. And it was gonna be a park and, where there were different rides and attractions. The idea included a few, you know, PTs and this task force, and this task force got bigger, and the task force got bigger, and then the ideas got bigger, and the idea of funding got bigger, and the budget got bigger, and all of a sudden, boom, April 10 of 2010, Morgan's Wonderland is built, and uh, it's a place where everyone can play. But there was still this, this misunderstanding that was just for people with disabilities. It was just the people, only people with a disability could go, no. That is 100% false. It is for everyone, and that's exactly why he created it. And that's the history of why he wanted to create it is because he saw a situation and he was in a position that he could do something about it, and so he did. That's incredible. That goes right into my next point of this idea of inclusion. Um, inclusion is all about including everybody, um, and it's not excluding people. It is regardless of your ability, you make it work for whether it's a wheelchair or crutches or two feet or whatever, right? Um, and so when you look at Kurt's mission statement and Morgan's mission statement, they're very different because we have we serve different purposes, but we very much go around these ideas of social inclusion and making sure that we are serving to the best of our ability to make sure that everybody is being provided for. Um, and Morgan's absolutely does that 100 um, percent. So how do you see that play into the everyday operation around Morgan's Wonderland? how inclusion is played yeah, every day? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh man, it, it, I get, I take it for granted almost every day. Cause I go out of my office and bam, there's a playground that two wheelchairs can bypass each other. And there's a swing that a wheelchair can partake in or a standard uh, swing where somebody can just jump on or there's a, there's just a, an adaptation to something. And then I go out in the community and these, <clears throat> these aspects are, are thought of on some end, like there's a ramp to this playground, right? Awesome, man, the community's doing great, but it's mulch around the playground. Well, that kind of defeats the purpose of inclusion, right? And right. the idea is there, the intent is there. It may even be ADA, which is, does, which is a minimal standard. It's not going above and beyond what's actually accessible, which is a, a lot of times misinterpreted as well. And that's 
that's why inclusion is so important in organs, right? It's the, it's, the, it's the little details and the successes in the detail aspects of not forgetting that, oh, mulch is still not gonna work. We need to make sure that it's accessible to get to that swing. We need to make sure that the boat ride at Inspiration Island is accessible. So we had to talk to engineers to make sure that the boat ride boat came up high enough to where we could put a ramp down onto the service level to make sure that it's a safe aspect to get that chair on the boat ride as well. Same thing with the train. The ramp, is it is there accessibility to get onto the train? Because the platform obviously is lower than the actual train. So all of these details goes back to finding the engineers. It's going back to so surrounding yourself with these collaborations and partnerships and, and really getting everybody on board to understand why you do what you need to do. And it may be for one person, it may be for 10,000 people, but it doesn't matter because inclusion is inclusion and that's it. That's the only expectation that you need to understand. But due to funding and due to just the real world and not everybody, no, not everybody understands knowledge is power, right? And if you don't have the knowledge, then you don't have the power to adjust the things that you need to adjust in your everyday life. And we have surrounded ourselves with a lot of knowledge and Gordon has surrounded himself with a lot of people who are very educated and very well-versed into serving these individuals. So I think that's what makes us the most unique, to be honest with you. I think being able to collaborate and being able to ask questions and not be afraid to be wrong is a huge piece of why we're, we're so inclusive because we're, we're learning every day just like everybody else. I was just going to say, I feel like you, I had written it before this, she was talking to me more about the universal design and I was going to ask about it, um, but I put a little note here to myself before, I really feel like y'all put so much thought into every single detail at, at Morgan's Wonderland. And so that's why the first time I experienced it was as a therapist here, I had never been before. Um, and it was, yeah, super eye-opening. I mean, these kids come in and you're totally right in saying that it's a change um, and feeling. They come here, they know they're doing therapy, and we can make it as fun as possible. Right. Um, but we're limited, right? And, and so when you go into Morgan's Wonderland and we're hitting all the same goals, but they're having such a good time, and now it's like, now we're working on what we're really actually, the goal is to let them play. The goal is all these goals of single leg stance and sit to stand is like, so that we can have you play. Like, that's all we want you to do. Right. Um, so I've always felt super blessed that we are right next door and that we have that, you know, partnership to where y'all allow us to come in and bring in the children um, and do our therapy circus. They always have such a really good time. But um, I always, I also thought what you said right now is interesting because you said a lot about, um, how did you word it specifically? Something along the lines of um, meeting standards, or I think you said it's something along the lines like that. And I feel like in 2021, there's just so much about like rights and inclusion throughout, right? Um, ethnicities and, and disabilities. And I feel like people are really trying to advocate more. Um, but I don't feel like Morgan's, I mean, of course, inspiration line, everything there, it's like, it's above and beyond what anyone would ever want for inclusive inclusion in disability community, but it should be a standard. It should be a worldwide standard to allow these parks and, um, these children come in with their wheelchairs and something as little as mulch could be limiting them from having so much fun. Right. Um, years back, we had this, um, we had the speaker come in and she kind of just shed some light on something that I had, I'd never thought of. Um, but after a certain age, it's like these children are aging out of certain therapies and certain things. And now where are these people in the community? Like where, where are they now as adults? And so I've always found that, teaching them here, which I feel like, I know you've done a really good job, Natalie, is um, advocating for themselves and kind of integrating into the community as an adult because 
I, I started thinking, I'm like, you know, I don't see these kids at HEB. I don't see these people out in the community. Like, where are they? And it's because they don't have the opportunity to get out and about. Like, they literally do not have it. They have ADA standards, and that may be good to get you through the minimum, but it's not enough to, like, live a, a fulfilled life, you know? So I, I really, really, everything that y'all have done there is, like, over-the-top amazing, so... We love it. It's, and it's very interesting. Universal design, you know, we talked to our architect just the other day about trying to, you know, we want to make sure, we want to advocate. This, like I said, expands the community, right? And um, ADA was obviously 1991, right? And look at where we're at now. And nothing, to my knowledge, has changed drastically, even to the doorways, right? So if you have a power chair, power chairs are only getting heavier and wider due to the needs of that person. Well, 32 inches ain't going to cut it too long, too much longer, right? So it's just different things like that. But what happens is it becomes a cost analysis, a budgeting issue, and that those become barriers for the people we're trying to build, right? So ADA is a, is a minimum. And that's what I always try to explain to people is, oh, it's ADA, right? Oh, well, my building's ADA. Okay, great. That's awesome. So great that you're to code. But how can you make it better by making it accessible? Because the American Disability Act does not, has nothing to do with the accessibility side of things. And that's where I think Morgan's Wonderland and even the CRIT has taken that standard and, and just continuously trying to boost it a little bit to make it truly accessible. Because there's a huge difference. And I agree with you in that there's a huge gap for adults once they age out of programs. You know, they're still growing. Mm-hmm. And they're still growing intellectually. They're growing physically. They're growing emotionally, spiritually, socially. And it's a very holistic approach that... especially as a rec therapist that's what we try to hit on every time that we meet with an individual whether it's a community member or a client or an athlete or a patient or insert term that you're using and it does get hard to find resources sometimes especially for huge age gaps and that's what one of the things that we love to do is to to meet the needs of those age gaps which is part of the reason why we've added camp more enjoying camp more enjoying sports and then just continuously trying to grow everything else. So, um, you just hit it on uh, with providing it for all ages. I always joke that if my grandfather was still here. We would we'd be going to Morgan's. I'd take him next door and he'd go fishing all the time. Right, it's a safe place for him to safely get out and go fishing. Yeah. Um, and then you also just mentioned sports and camp. Um, y'all are so much more than just Morgan's Little Wonderland. <laughs> um, you said 2010 was opening. Um, and y'all started and just next our little lot next door, right? And yep. now you have a water park. There's straps, the whole adaptive sports league. You've got your Morgan sports and you have a camp. Can you tell us a little bit about those things? Yeah, so we're, we're expanding like crazy right now. So the inspiration started up back in 2017. That was an addition to Morgan Wonderland. It's right next door. You can buy dual pass. That's how close it is, right? Kind of like Fiesta, Texas and Aquatica, you can have the two or whichever park there is, right? I get confused, even me. Um, so Morgan's Wonderland right now. and But we do collaborate with, with many others. But talking about Morgan's Inclusion Initiative is our new platform that we have created to oversee the five entities that we now operate. So Morgan's Wonderland 2010, Morgan's Inspiration Island 2017, Morgan's Wonderland Sports 2021, Morgan's Wonderland Camp 2021, and then the MAP, which is the multi-assistant center, that's going to be starting in uh, 2022. And so all five of those entities have very similar visions of, of meeting those for those with disabilities. 
but the aspects and how we do it is different, right? So that age gap that you're talking about. If you're 13, 14 years old, Morgan's Wonderland, I'm not gonna lie to you, it can be kind of melodramatic, right? Because it can be kind of boring for somebody that wants to go on roller coasters and get that adrenaline rush. And you know, you're getting older and you wanna feel that rush of energy and that rush of, of just adrenaline, right? So at camp, it's a 525-bed residential overnight camp. There's a partnership model, and then there's a direct service model. And so in the fall, we're about to start family camps that will be promoted here shortly to go out to camp that we directly serve. And so that's camp staff running it, and they're in charge of doing all the programming, the counselors, and things like that. Partnership is what we just came off of during the summer. So if CRIT, for instance, wanted to do a camp and use our facility, that's a great partnership and then you would use our camp, but then you would run it how you would run it and then talk to our camp director about, hey, what do you, what specialty items do you want? Do you want the ropes course? Do you want the zip line? Do you want the horses? Do you want the swimming pool? How many cabins do you want? And they, like you coordinate just like you would with any other venue. Um, what makes camp unique are, is I would say the pool and the challenge course. The challenge course is 20 feet in the air and it's four different platforms and you can have, you can push your chair or power your chair across the platforms with different elements and barriers. That's incredible. <laughs> it's I pretty know. fantastic. I'm That's a, great. I am like mind I, blown over here. Yeah. So I don't know if y'all know, I'm a, I'm a summer camp background. I've worked at summer camps since I was able to legally work. Um, and I somehow became like a ropes person and an aquatics person. And you literally just said pool and ropes course. Yeah. So my eyes got huge just now because I feel like a kid in a candy shop of like, well, I want to go play now. Absolutely. So that's incredible. The fact that a wheelchair can now go up into a ropes course. Can they zip line as well? Oh yeah. So two, two fold cool things about this, right? Our zip line is, you won't see that at a camp. And if you do now, I need you to tell me that, Hey, you're wrong, Brooke. This does exist. Cause <laughs> Anytime that, that I'm like, oh, yeah, this doesn't exist, and then somebody's like, oh, it exists, I'm like, oh, even better. Awesome. Let's I've, just expand it, right? I can honestly say I've never seen uh, a zipline designed for chairs. I've gotten kids in chairs down ziplines, but that doesn't mean it was designed for them. It was a lot of work. Sure. So our zipline's more like a ride. Our okay. zipline was actually from, um, like, Fiesta, Texas technically has this ride, and so it goes, and don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure it's 14 stories and 10 stories high because we have two lines. Sure. And what we did was, again, we went back to the engineers and said, hey, you know, what you have already built and this is in the industry is great. However, if you don't have any trunk control or neck control or you're on a ventilator or you have an oxygen tank that has to be with you at all times, this isn't going to work. And so we need to make it better. And a traditional zip line, like, you know, we call them booty bags back when I was, um, you know, doing ropes, but you have the arc harness. Right. And so you get in there and then you have to hoist them up, right? You have this four to one and you have to hung them up uh, or hoist them up all the way to the top and then you have them in the zip line somebody's up there you got to transfer lobster claws down to the line and you know, it's a whole process right which is not a bad thing it's just a it's just we wanted to make it a little bit more accessible right, right. it's not a bad it's a great start it's just we we have an opportunity to try to look at it to make it more functional right and so we also wanted everybody to do it the same way again that universal design absolutely and so our challenge course, we have a ramp from the ground all the way to the 20 foot high. So you don't, you, you walk up, you roll up, you stroll up, you walk her up, you run, whatever um, you need or whatever you want yeah. to do, um, you're doing it the same way. For our zip line, it's, we don't, it's not just a seatbelt for, for your lap. You actually, we have four point harness. So oh, it's wow. a four point connection. 
So you have your shoulders, um, you have your shoulder control, your high trunk, or your trunk, your shoulders, your legs. It has a, 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 leg, um, a leg rest that comes out just like a chair yeah. that we attach to it because normally you would just dangle your legs. But if you have brittle bone syndrome, if you have muscular dystrophy, right. if you have any sort of you know, disability that requires zero pressure on your body, well, that's not gonna work. Right. So we added a footrest that extends out. And so now, and we added a ventilator holder, we had an oxygen tank holder, and we added a neck rest that to Velcro on the back. So if you need it, we Velcro on it. If you don't need it, then it's not Something. needed, obviously. Same with the footrest. If you wanna dangle your feet, the footrest goes under the chair. Wow. If you don't, if you need it, then we just pull, we'll pull it right out. So a little bit of a different and just designed it differently and looked at different things. And now, you know, everyone can go on the zip line. There is safety concerns, right? You have to be a certain height of and course. that's traditional of course. safety aspects, right? Um, but, and then as far as the challenge course goes, again, you power chair, manual chair, you have the arc harness and you have a standard. Wow. And so you have four options versus some challenge courses, you don't have the four options, you just have two or one. Sure. Or even three sometimes, right? But we just try to make it more. And like you said, efficient. everybody uses it the same way. The first camp was back in the uh, end of May for a partnership camp. And uh, Camp Extreme was the first camp that ever used it, which is a, a camp specifically for extreme sports or adaptive sports, individuals with physical disabilities. Um, that's actually kind of how I know about campus Camp Extreme, which is kind of ironic. Um, and so they had a great little test. And so they were able to do the horses, the pool, the zip line, uh, the challenge course, just was able to really test our staff, make sure we're ready, obviously. And then um, Camp Discovery was out there and a few other camps that, you know, was able to highlight the summer and kind of do their thing. So it was fun. And the Very pool, cool. the pool has a beach entry, has a warm pool um, for those that can't get into 86 degree. Uh, water, a splash pad, and a lazy river. Well, yeah, lazy river. This place sounds amazing. How would someone go about trying to get into a camp? That would be through our direct service family camps. Okay. Uh, and those open up in the fall. That's when you were saying. Mm -hmm. Okay, perfect. Yeah. So you can go to morganswonderlandcamp.com to find more information about that, or you can go to Morgan's Wonderland and all of our logos are at the bottom that will direct you to any of our entities. Perfect. So, Real quick, I want to back up back to Morgan's Inspiration yeah. Island. Um, if you haven't been to the water park and you're in a power chair, <laughs> we're talking about this, it's a design for everybody, right? Um, obviously, power chairs don't go with water by any means whatsoever. It's not good for the chair. It's not good for the person using the chair. You know, electricity is a real life thing. Yeah, especially <laughs> don't no no electricity and water, right? Um, Morgan's came up with this incredible solution to help individuals who use power chairs. And you told me right before we started that you were actually on this committee to help this out. So can you tell us what Morgan's does to help people who use power chairs? Yeah, um, you know, wheelchair valet, V valet, like a valet car system, right? A lot of people think I say ballet, and they're like, you dance at the water park? I'm like, no, I, I don't dance at all. <laughs> I don't know anything about ballet, but I do know a little bit about creating systems. And again, that was another partnership thing. We actually had one of your staff members here at the CRIT, who was a part of that task force. We had um, Barbara Goldman, who's at Team Ability, who served some of the most highly needed individuals as far as ability goes on that committee to make sure we're serving 100%. And I was on that committee because I have a lot of individuals who use uh, manual chairs. And so originally it was like, okay, we're gonna have this chair. Everybody can use it. It's gonna be ultra accessible. 
Okay, great. But my question was, well, are you thinking everybody's going to use this chair because it's convenient for us? Or are we going to have an option for those individuals to choose because of their independent level, right? So I call it appropriate programming, right? So we, Natalie, I'm sure we, you know, we've had this conversation many a times, but universal design is great and it's wonderful and everybody needs it, but you also have to think about the appropriate programming aspect of things and, and you still have to have the intent of why you're doing it. And the why we did that this way is because we wanted to make sure we maintain the highest level of independence that, that that person wanted, not us, not the wheelchair valet staff member saying, okay, you look like you could use this chair. It's 100% your decision. So we have three different chairs that we, we offer. We have a manual chair um, that you can maintain your independence or you can have assistance if needed. We have a conveyed chair or a tilt and space chair where if you don't have the ability to push yourself and stay independent uh, manually, then you can have assistance through the tilt and space. If you need to recline, you need to get off some pressure off of any sort of part of your body. And then the one that you're talking about is the pneumatic chair. And that is doesn't exist anywhere else in the world. There's only 11 in the world. We have 10 of them here at Morgan's Wonderland. And the 11th one is actually at the University of Pittsburgh where it was actually designed through their, it's called the HURL program. It's oh, wow. an entire research that. laboratory. That's so cool. Yeah, I know it was really great. Dr. Rory Cooper um, was was the lead on that. And he is also, does he uses the chair himself. He's a para. And so him and his team, came up with this chair and this design and, and uh, connected with Gordon. And, and it was a it was a great, great idea. And, and we've been able to serve a lot of people over there to potentially for the first time be in water and in their chair and maintain their independence. That's the coolest part in my opinion, right? You get to maintain your independence and play with your kid or play with your parents or whatever you want to do, I really don't care, as long as you're following the policies and procedures, right? Um, as long as you're being safe, but it's completely air-based. So it's, it's based off of um, compressed air, there's zero electronics on it, and it's a power chair. So you, uh, a lot of people with muscular dystrophy have come through, and we've had some failure rates, and we've had some success rates, and we're beta testing throughout this whole situation, and we're continuously trying to do um, more research and more, potential redesigns to make it better? Is the seating system better? Is the, could it be better? Is the joystick okay? Is it working? Is the airflow not scary? Is it, you know, air and electricity are very different because you can change air by simply opening a valve just a millimeter different than electricity where you can set the power. So it's been very interesting for me to go from rec therapy to kind of basic engineering of explanation <laughs> wow. to an actual engineer to say, Hey, this needs to be fixed. Can you help? Right. Um, Absolutely. but it's been really, it's been a really great opportunity, especially for the water park. I think that's what makes our water park ultra accessible is because we do have that option, uh, because we do offer that service. It's completely free. Uh, you don't have to, and you, we take your chair, you take our chair, we tag it, you come back, it's one way in, one way out of that area. There's seven changing rooms with two Hoyer lifts. So if you do want to maintain your independence, you don't have a caretaker to help you transfer, we have that capability as well. So uh, adult changing tables in every one of those rooms. So it's, it's, it's unique to say the least. I love that y'all absolutely promote independence. Like you said, it's appropriate programming. I love that. I like that, that term. I love it, yeah. yeah. That's really nice. We've heard it quite a bit in CR, but Morgan's 100% does it. And it's it's incredible that you give them the power to well, make their own choices. You it? treat them like everybody else, right? right? Like you don't exactly. put a 21-year-old playing against a six-year-old in soccer, right? So why would you throw everybody in the same area and the same assumption and stereotype 
you appropriately assess the situation, right? And then you plan for it, you implement it, and you evaluate it. That wow. is, there you go. Look at that yeah, process. Right. <laughs> so going back to school. <laughs> but it, but it, it stands true, and it, you don't have to be, you know, you, you don't have to be in this world every day to just understand the basics, right? You plan for it, you you assess the situation, you assess the whys, you look at the whys, and and you plan for the best opportunity or for the best ability. Doesn't matter if you're planning for an event, doesn't matter if you're planning for a trip. You plan. You just that when you're not when not like I said, knowledge is power. When you're not educated to think about those things, it's really not your fault. We we just want to continue to try to educate people. Absolutely. Um, I know that Morgan's is huge in this community. You talk to mid- probably all the family here at Create. Um, I mean, like I said, I have friends all around the world that have mentioned Morgan's Wonderland and y'all's community involvement. Um, and that must lead to plenty of opportunities for people with disabilities, um, whether you're just playing in the, par- uh, the park, providing a safe place to learn, knowledge is power, as you just said. Um, or the Adaptive Sports League to, to push yourself. What other opportunities exist through Morgan's Wonderland, whether it's jobs or just anything? Yeah, so I think I've touched base on three out of the five things that we have. So <laughs> the one thing I, you've mentioned straps a couple of times. So Morgan's Wonderland Sports is our new multi-purpose sports facility. And it's uh, three acres, a $4 million project that I was very fortunate to see from the ground up. One of my first big projects that I was able to truly see through and thinking about all the details and kind of being a part of that. And it's allowed our STRAPS program, which stands for South Texas Regional Adaptive and Parasports, um, to expand our opportunities. And so we were able to grow two programs, which is tennis and pickleball, because the facility itself offers 20 pickleball courts that can transition into five tennis courts two soft, wheelchair softball fields, a basketball pavilion that can also transition into volleyball. And it has a stage, so if you wanted to do a 5K or a concert or anything like that, you can do a big event there. You can do a workout event. We've done wheelchair football out there. We've done wheelchair frisbee out there. But it's all concrete-based, so again, ultra-accessible. So you can run on it, walk on it. If you need a walker, if you need a cane, if you need a wheelchair, if you need any sort of mobility assistance, it, it's completely flat. And you're able to um, you're able to do and participate because that's the biggest thing, right? You want people to participate. Our straps program is specific to those for with physical disabilities, so spinal cord injuries, amputees, spinal bifida, cerebral palsy, anybody that can maintain their independence and operate a power chair, or maintain their independence and push a manual chair. And the reason why we do that is because it's a safety situation. It's a Paralympic style sports, so you'll know that. I'm sure you guys know that Paralympics is about to start, and I'm yes. pretty pumped because I watch more Paralympic sports than I do <laughs> Olympic sports. Same. <laughs> um, and these athletes are the elite of the elite. They are training all year round. Their nutrition is on point. Their their um, exercise is on point. Their training is on point, and they're going for gold, just like Michael Phelps did. You know. And uh, Sherry Matson right now, wheelchair racer. She's a dear friend of of mine. Um, she. My predecessor actually is her coach right now and was able to kind of do a dinner to send her off a couple weeks ago, or last week, and she trains just like everybody else. She just pushes a chair instead of runs, right? So it's, I'm sure people have heard Tatiana McFadden. She's a big, mm-hmm. yep, well, y'all have nodding like, oh, yeah, I know Tatiana, yeah. right? So <laughs> she's actually competing. Like, that's probably her highest competition. So um, same same type of situation, same time type of training, program training. Um 
We offer 13 different sports within straps. Um, it started back in 2012 with my predecessor starting it, just wanting to expand some opportunity. But the thing that I questioned was, okay, if we're ultra accessible and we're offering a program for people with physical disabilities, well, we need to offer something for people with intellectual developmental disabilities or else we're not appropriately programming to make it accessible for all. Because sure. I don't want to be able to, I don't want to say, no, we don't have an opportunity. You're not independent enough, right? Like that's, I'm not okay with that. Absolutely. So we started an inclusive sports program and that's actually coming off the ground. Um, right as sports opened up is when that started off the ground. And we've actually have a huge partnership with the Special Olympics of Texas. They're actually, their, their state offices now are officed out of Morgan's Orland Sports. They're, so they're gonna assist us in expanding our opportunity for individuals with intellectual and developmental disabilities as well. Um, and there's some great programs within the community already too for that need. And it was just for individuals with physical disabilities, there was a little bit bigger gap for, especially for adults. Mm -hmm. There really wasn't anything for adults to participate in. But again, we need to offer it. We need to, be to offer something for everyone. So that's part of our recreation therapy program that I'm trying to build throughout all five entities. Um, and so that inclusive program started with Super Sport Saturdays, and we're eventually going to expand it to some new leagues that I'll let you guys know later when it's identified. <laughs> yeah. and, I mean, I'm still in the works of things. Uh, I don't sure. want to announce too many things yeah. yet, but um, you know, there's definitely some major opportunities for us to expand that too. So those are our two sports programs. And then, uh, you know, I can talk about Morgan's for days, <laughs> yeah. for days, just all the different <laughs> things. And so there's just a great, it's just a great feeling. Not even, it's just play, like, right. It's just an opportunity to allow yourself to think about others and to try to understand others and so many other aspects not even based off their ability, whether it's intellectual or physical. It's just people are people and we all want to have fun and we all want to live this life through with happiness yeah. and, and laughter. And my goal every day is to try and make somebody laugh. And I think y'all laughed my jokes a couple times today. So yeah, reach that goal today, <laughs> right? Well, one thing I think, I look at Morgan's, um, my undergraduate was in recreation management. Um, and at one point I was doing outdoor experiential education, which is more like rock climbing and outdoor extreme adventure sports. But I look at that experiential learning as learning by doing hands-on, right? And I think Morgan's is the perfect example of experiential learning as you learn yourself through play you learn yourself through exploring and Morgan's created this safe space to figure out who you are and what you want to do and empower yourself. And if you want to go from having assistance with a chair to pushing yourself, that's the perfect place to go learn, right? And you're encouraged to do so. And then it's okay to ask for help if you need it. Um, and I think that's one of the coolest things that I really, uh, really appreciate about seeing next door and seeing y'all grow and being a part and taking our kids over there too. I have kids that will go swing and they're like, no, no, no I don't need your help this time. I was like, oh, okay, all right, I pushed you last time, but you don't need me this time, right? Like, it's a cool place where we can allow that, and I think that's incredible. Oh, yeah, I think, um, you know, that just triggers a thought of my junior, or the junior, not my junior basketball program, but the junior basketball program. Now that I have Audrea and I have a little bit of help, <laughs> you know, she's kind of taken over that strap side of things, which is great, but it's hilarious because if a kid is being pushed by their parent and they walk through that door, I'm on them like wide eyes, like, what, what are you doing? Why are you, what? Are you you hurt today? Like what's going on? Oh no, oh, no, no. Oh. They just start pushing themselves and or like a an adult that's been doing it for thirty years and he's, you know, coming in and somebody's pushing him, like, Oh, you hurt today? Like what's going on? Like uh, you know, and just call them out, right? You so you start building that rapport too. You can't Absolutely. do that with everybody, obviously. Right. You have to build a rapport, you have to build a relationship, you have to get to know people before 
but you also cannot be afraid to ask questions. And I think that's a huge gap that people who don't or aren't around individuals with disabilities a lot really don't understand. It's almost like you're afraid to make a mistake. You're afraid to, um, you're afraid to ask a question. You're afraid to say the wrong thing, right? And if we lived in fear all the time, we would never learn and we would never grow. And so I just encourage people, ask a question. You know, if you're curious about how they got hurt and you're looking at their leg and it's doesn't, there's not one, what, you know, build, ask them, say, hey, how's it going? You know, build, build a relationship, build a simple conversation to kind of get to know that person. The worst thing that's gonna happen is they're gonna say, no, nah, I don't wanna talk about it, right? Which is okay, that's right. fine too, and it just needs to be okay. Um, and I think that's what I encourage people to do is, especially in the community as we try to grow in San Antonio is continuously growing to be, you know, city of inclusion. We're, it, that's what we need to continuously just educate people. It's just not, like I said, knowledge is power. If nothing out of this podcast, <laughs> right? Knowledge is power. Absolutely. So, um, you know, being uncomfortable sometimes, trying to learn to be more comfortable is the best thing that you can do for yourself. Right. Well, y'all have been able to build um, this entire entity with many entities within it just because you asked the right questions. You figured out how to make a zipline work or a wheelchair work because you asked the right questions that could be really hard for other people to ask, but you guys did it because that's what you're doing. Sure. And that's what you want to build that around. And I, I absolutely encourage that as well. That's awesome. Yeah, I feel like we've been, um, we're super fortunate to live in San Antonio and I mean, and around Morgan Hartman, I mean, not Morgan Hartman, Gordon Hartman, and we'll both, right? Yeah, Morgan's <laughs> the inspiration behind all yeah. of it, so yeah. Um, but it, it's just really, it, like I said, it's really eye-opening. Like, I'm from the Corpus area, and I don't hear of TR as much. And, and just having that ability to advocate the needs of others in, 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 in Corpus, and I know they do, like, surfing and, and different, like, adaptive sports, but they don't have anything like they do here in San Antonio. Um, so, and you touched base on it a little bit here in San Antonio, we, we are trying to strive to be inclusive as a city whole, but where do you feel like, where do you see us in the next five, 10 years, as far as inclusion goes? You know, that's a really good question. And I, this is completely my opinion, right? Like have no idea, um, where it truly is going to go. But my hope is that, you know, there's conversations with the airport, there's conversations with city managers, there's conversations with. A lot of different people. Gordon is is every day out there advocating for more accessibility. And take the Riverwalk, for instance, right? When it was built, we can't be offended by something that the people who built it and developed it didn't know, right? But we can do something about it to make it better now, right? And I think that's where our direction is going to go. I think we're going to continuously look at City Hall, right? City Hall for All was a huge campaign. Back in the day, when before they did the construction and the renovation, you had to go behind City Hall building, down to a basement where there was a ramp, down to the lowest level, up to an elevator that may or may not have worked to get to City Hall if you were in a chair. Right now, there's these two beautiful ramps on both sides, right in the front of the entrance with the stairs right in the middle, and it's this beautiful renovation that the city took and ran with it. And um, I think we're gonna see more things like that, and I, or at least I hope so. And I think the more and more people can start empathizing with different things, the more we can expand on those needs. Uh, because you, you don't know until you're in the middle of it, right? Like you just, you don't understand until you have a family member. You don't understand until you have a kid. You don't understand until, until it's in your face. 
but I'm hoping that what we do on a day-to-day is educate before it's in your face. Because I promise you it's going to be better to be prepared, plan for the worst, hope for the best type situation, than it is to be in your face and all of a sudden you're scrambling. And uh, I think that, that kind of goes with a lot of different things in people's lives. And I think we all just need to treat people the way we want to be treated and take it day by day and you only live once and life's too short. So yeah, definitely. <laughs> and I, I feel like um, with that with that being said, where can we as therapists or where can the community kind of help to advocate those needs? Like is there some website that has these things listed on like, hey, this is what's what's needed, this is a um, a petition that needs to be signed? Like is there anything like that around? Not that I'm aware of. You know, like I think it's one of those things where you just got get educated on even ADA. Just get educated on the minimum, right? Just um and just if you're wanting to do it as therapists, it's one of those things where continuously talk to one another. I'm learning from Natalie all the time with what she's doing, being on the board, right? So on the TR branch board of the Texas Recreation and Park Society, um, that gave me a lot of experience to understand and know there's so much more than just community that I do. There's the clinic side, there's the mental health side, there's the geriatric side, there's the, there's just, a a crazy amount of opportunity for people and the same thing with PTs and OTs and speech and respiratory therapy whatever whatever individuals are a part of it's it's going to become this this unit and it takes a village to get through life and I think the more you can create that village and build that village around you um the more you're going to get done for sure because you can't do it alone yeah for sure I feel like I've just learned so much. I know, I really do. <laughs> we we I really work do. next door and we see it every time we come in. <laughs> I mean, you can stand in our lobby and look at the Ferris wheel. That's how we know yeah. we're open because we see it moving, right? Yep. Or we see the water and I, there's still so much more to learn and it's you have to be in it. Like you said, it's awesome. But other than that, I, I was curious because I'm not your friend. I don't know you other than today. Um, do you have like any special memory of your time? Like what is your favorite memory of well... Oh my gosh. All these things that you've been doing with Morgan's. I, uh, oh man, it's, that's a hard one. I started as an intern right out of college. I was an intern for straps and making, you know, not a lot and which is fine. And it's one of those things where growing out of that position and growing into where I'm in now is a huge part of that growth memory. Like it's hard sometimes, right? Like you don't really look back sometimes to see holy cow look at everything that I've been a part of and I didn't have to do it alone like I thought I did I didn't have to build this crazy empire you know Gordon didn't build an empire by himself and he'll be the first one to tell you that as far as and that that's a huge memory for me that's 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 a broad answer as far as like the memories right um I think for me, God, that's really hard. That's really hard. <laughs> no, I, I have so many. The yeah. juniors, like they, ugh, they Do touch my heart. Uh, like y'all get to travel in a non-COVID time. We say that a lot, non-COVID. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was before, right? Yeah. Um, in a non-COVID time, do you have like a favorite competition you got to travel to? I know that y'all go all over the place because y'all have nationally ranked teams. Yeah. Um, so is there like a really cool place you've got to go to with your teams or anything <laughs> like that? Like. So this was a in partner. This is this is like before Straps. Like this is when Wendy was still my predecessor was still kind of uh, overseeing Straps, and I was still kind of an intern. But it's still my favorite because we went to New Jersey for a track and field uh, junior nationals, and um, Straps was coming up, and I was learning a lot. I was right in the midst of just being like learn by experience, right? Like that kinesthetic experiential learning, 
And we were in uh, New Jersey and we had 13 individuals. Oh, so it was me and Joe Chris. And Joe Chris, um, he's a chair user. And we were the adults of the whole situation, which cracked me up in the first place. <laughs> and we're in New Jersey and we have seven individuals who are in chairs and the rest of us are standing, right? We go to, we decided to go to New York City, the most unaccessible place <laughs> as far as like getting on the, the train, getting on the subway. Yeah. So we would line up the kids. So at this point, we lined everybody up that was, that was in tears. And I said, and they're all kids, mind you. We're talking ages between, I'd say, 8 and 14, right? <laughs> all right, you guys are going to line up. Joe, Chris, you're last because if you don't get on this subway, then you can get somewhere. If you're an adult, <laughs> you can figure it out. So the doors open, you know, subway is only on 30 seconds. So I was like, you're going right, you're going left, you're going right, you're going left. And just telling these kids like in a duck, like they're lined up like ducks, right? So anyways, doors open, vocals don't understand at all because the kids just start pushing through. And then this kid goes to the right hallway, or not hallway, but little um, walkway. And then this kid goes to the left and this kid goes to the right and this kid goes to the left. And then the door's shut and I'm jumping in and I grab one of these rails and I'm literally swinging right above one of our athletes. And, uh, and he's like, coach, what are you doing? And I was like, stand on step. And then I just fell, I just fell. It was just hilarious. And I think <laughs> that trying to navigate that was, it was so fun to see the kids, one, see what they need to advocate for, right? Absolutely. They need to learn how to advocate, who to advocate to, why they need to advocate, why they need to understand, yeah, you're going to grow up a little faster, but here's why. Here's the importances of it and how you can stay classy by doing it and stay respectful. And, you know, we're, we're really big on all that. But it was just such a fun trip because it was just so much laughter and so much just chillness, right? Like the kids were like, do, 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 you know, this is so fun and all these tall buildings and probably an experience. Like, I don't know that any of those kids, because I still stay in touch with them now, have ever been to back to New York City to do that. Well, and I so, bet that athlete is still going. Remember that time that... 100%. He comes and... He definitely brought me the best yeah. till this day. Oh, I bet. I bet. Yeah. We had a recent podcast where we were talking to um, two of our kiddos with spinal cord injuries, and they're, they're people first. Yeah. 100%. And I think you provided that opportunity with them, and I think that's what Morgan says in general. Yeah. 100%. They are first and foremost people who want to learn. And it comes back to language. That That's a big thing that we're, we, we really have honed ourselves on and we've been educated a lot too is that first and first language is really important and if you want to do first person language that's your prerogative like that's you know that's your life but for me in my opinion is you're a person first so you are a person who uses a wheelchair you are a person who has a spinal cord injury you're not all that spinal cord injury dude right right like, and there's so many different ways or the special needs kid no that's that kid with special needs and so it's it's very important and then you asked me earlier how can therapists be more of a of a, an example and get educated, starting with the language, starting with how we approach things, starting with how we get educated and how we talk about individuals, that right there is a great start because Absolutely. it becomes a habit. And seven years ago, we were in a bad habit of, oh, do you, are you have any special needs people? Well, no, we, I have a person who has a disability and a special need, yeah, right? And so language is very important too, and we try to keep up to speed as, uh, on that just as much as everything else. I agree with that completely, and it's educating outside of our bubble too, right? Here at Create, Laura could come up to me and go, hey, do you see so-and-so? And I'll be like, oh, remind me who that is, and then the, she might go, oh, they come in with this person, and not once do we mention their chair, 
or anything until we have to. And they'll be like, oh, they have a spinal cord injury or whatever, right? And then I'm like, oh, that kid, right? And I don't think about it until it's needed. And even then, but that's in our bubble here. We've created, you leave Morgans, it doesn't exist out there. So we have to be the first people to talk about it. I agree completely. Yeah, definitely education and exposure. I have a little one and I, we, we, same thing. We had a podcast with someone and she, um, a grandmother of one of the patients here had mentioned that, uh, people, even though she's gone leaps and bounds now, she plays, she does all this stuff. People just are just nervous to approach her. Um, and she still doesn't make as many friends. And I mean, to me, it's like heartbreaking because I, I love her. She's great. And like everyone needs to know that, but they are not used to seeing like, hey, this is a person first. You should just approach her and see if y'all both like Frozen because you most likely do. And, and hopefully that continues on. Like if it's not something that we can bring to the next generation that maybe it's just advocating more towards schools and, and places that don't have as much of that exposure because half the time, these kids need um, different assistance, so they they might be in a different classroom. They're not they're not always integrated within, um, you know, all abilities. And so I I do have one uh, friend that is a or was a teacher, and one of the most interesting parts of her class is that she had both were all integrated together into one class, and it was the best. It was such a collaborative. Like the the kids that didn't need as much assistance here and there were there to help the others. And so I I really love that. And I feel like that's what world is like and so that's what school should be like so hopefully they kind of continue on with with um yeah changing classrooms as well oh and i think it's gonna be great and i think you know that that brings up that's a whole different conversation but you also have to think about too that appropriate programming right yeah. like because i think if we i think if we continue to look at individuals like i said as people and appropriately program and or educate according to their ability you know there's there's a there's a very wide range because that's a big that's a big con my family is a bunch of teachers too and it becomes very controversial because yeah it would be great if everybody is be in the same room but are you hindering this person's learning ability because of a distraction over here and it has nothing to do with if they have autism or down syndrome or you know but a behavior is a behavior right yeah. like even if that kid has is neurotypical and is still causing an issue right there 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 needs to be that that as addressed now i'm not a teacher I know that teachers are underappreciated and underpaid. That's my personal opinion again. Yeah. And so I think, you know, I think you're, it's a, I think inclusion is, is so unbelievably important. And I think there could be total programs within school systems to allow that. I think UIL is working extremely hard on that. Um, I need to, I need to get reeducated on this bill that was um, supposed to be coming out. Cause I'm pretty sure a uh, bill just passed with unified for expressive unified sports. Um, that they requ- that the UI has to require it. And so um, I need to re- re-educate myself on that too, but I totally agree with you. I think it's very important to include everybody and, and start to learn. Not everybody's the same and not everybody learns the same and not everybody thinks the same and not everybody's social. Yeah. And that's okay too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. definitely. Well, um, Brooke, I don't have anything else for you. I just wanted to thank you so much for your time. And it was really, really awesome to finally meet you and really get to pick your brain because you are just amazing. I love it. I could talk about Brooke all day. so (laughs) And I could talk about this for days and hours. So anytime you guys want to come next door and have lunch, you just let me know. Let's do it. We'll, uh, we'll make it happen. We're so. grateful to call you our neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm calling my friend. Yeah. 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 We were friends before. Now we're Look friends. Look at that. Make yeah. connections. Look at yeah. that. Yeah. Well, thanks well, again. Thank you for having me. Yeah. It's been great. 
Re-Eval brought to you by Crit. Wow, uh, we really could talk about this interview uh, for the next, I don't know, probably four days if we really wanted to. But um, one thing that I absolutely love as a rec therapist and um, being a, in charge of the buddy program here at Crit is that social awareness factor. A lot of our families will bring their, their siblings or um, their cousins or even their neighbors or friends from school just so that their kids learn how to interact with our kids who are working through their disabilities so other people learn how to work with these kids and their special needs and that's exactly what Morgan says as well as um, their park is open to everybody so you could have a neurotypical kid playing in the sandbox <laughs> next door and they're both digging a hole and accomplishing the same thing but the neurotypical kid is looking at the kid maybe using a wheelchair and they're accomplishing the same thing of doing it differently and it really opens their eyes and so then they can learn how to help those kids as well. Yeah, I've always really loved, I think she had said it a couple of times, the parks that they have are for people of all abilities. So um, I've, just being around children now, we've had some other um, interviews in the past and I think the uh, amount of exposure, you know, as a kid, you ask questions so that you learn things. And so if you're not exposed to a different community, you don't know that they're different. And so um, coming to understand that they, like you said, they may have equipment, they may be doing that same task just differently, um, but knowing ultimately that they are people, and we've, we've said this before in different podcasts, but um, I, you know, like I said, it really was heartbreaking to me to hear some of the kids in our, in our facility who still experience that uh, inability to make friends or, you know, they, people just aren't able to approach them as they are with others. And so I feel like if you have that opportunity and if you're in San Antonio or if you, um, you know, just around, you want to go to a water park or go to this really amazing park, I really think Morgan's is somewhere that is going to open your eyes and you can't go in there without, you know, she said, it's like a special feeling. It's something just so different. Everyone there is super, super happy. <laughs> so, um, I, I recommend it 10 out of 10 if you're, if you're experiencing something something like that. So, um, also going back to the buddy program, I, uh, when I would volunteer in past events, I always thought it was just the nicest thing that some of the other therapists would bring their children in. And then they are, yeah, playing like, you know, like I said, if you like frozen, I like frozen, Hey, we're friends. Like we have this common ground and, it, and it's completely, um, just like the most innocent encounter. So I always thought that was just really inspiring. So hopefully we can get back to that once all yeah, this is kind I, of settled. I sure <laughs> I think the other big takeaway was also that um, Brooke mentioned it over and over and over again was that knowledge is power. And um, I think a lot of people ask the right questions, but it's who you're asking the questions to and making sure that change can happen. And they built specific equipment for this park, just like we have specific wheelchairs or um, bathing equipment or something that are designed for our kids and tailored to them. And they ask the right questions to the right people to promote this change and this inclusion so that everybody is welcome and everyone is accepted and everybody gets to have fun. Yeah, I had no idea. It completely blew my mind that there are 11 of those special wheelchairs and in the world, apparently, yeah. and 10 of them are here in San Antonio. So again, like I said, if you're just wanting to get to experience something different that's truly magical, um, go to Morgan's and check it out because I couldn't wrap my head around that. Like we're just so fortunate to have them as neighbors and uh, that we're able to use this and, and you know, have our kids enjoy um, something that's been so well thought out. They have this huge team um, that I mean, every detail, I can't I can't put that <laughs> into practice enough. Every single detail around this universal design. Um, and it was something that I felt 
the need to already tell people that after we had this interview. <laughs> it's like, you know, she was just such uh, an inspiration and she's just so chill about how much she knows. I don't know how to explain that, but she just knows these things and she is very well educated and, you know, aspired to get to that level as far as, um, as understanding and and what you need to do to help our kids. Yeah. And their whole team is that way. I don't know how much you've gotten to interact with the other folks over there, but they're all the same, share that same passion. And these are going to people, these are going to be the people that change the world. And that's how we're going to get to this idea of inclusion and every community across the world and asking the right questions. And as Brooke said again, knowledge is power. As a nonprofit, we couldn't do what we do without your support. Please visit us at critusa.org for more information on our organization, as well to find a link to donate. We would love to hear feedback from you. As mentioned, we are a podcast to serve you. We are reserving the final portion of each episode to hear from you. You can email us at podcast at critusa.org for questions or topics that you would like to be covered. For more information about the re-eval, please visit critusa.org. Thank you for listening. The information presented on this podcast is not intended to be used as medical advice. Please continue to follow the recommendations of your physician and or other healthcare providers. Please refer to your physician prior to initiating any modifications to your current healthcare regimens.